Howdy, and welcome to Lost in the Lyrics, the podcast where we discuss song lyrics and completely overanalyze them. I'm Claire, and today Elliot's not here, so I'm joined by special guest Fiona. Hi, I'm Fiona, and today we're going to get Lost in the Lyrics of Shell by Bashti Bunyan. Be sure to stay tuned afterwards for updates on my knitting projects and for Fiona to try to match in Elliot's enthusiasm about flags. Okay, Fiona, so do you want to introduce yourself, how you know us, while you're on this podcast? Uh, sure. Yeah, so, um, I bet both you and Elliot freshman year, you were both in physics first block, or mm-hmm. all, all three of us were. Yep, so, I met you there, and, um, I've been friends with Elliot since then, and I just kind of started talking to you more this year, and realized that you're also a neat person. Um, and, yeah, I was... Well, the episode that Claire did by herself on dance songs, I was supposed to be, uh, or that episode was supposed to be this episode, except I was sick and went home, so that didn't happen. Um, but yeah, I'm here now without any viruses, as far as I know. <laughs> you were also performing that day, so... yeah. We decided to save her voice and uh-huh. not record a podcast right before she had to go on stage. Yeah, and yell in a bad southern accent about hunting wild horses. Uh, yeah, that was... It, it was a good play, but it's not um, out in the public or published at all, so sorry to any listeners who were not <laughs> at the One Act Festival at our school that you will not get to see that, mm-hmm. most likely. So, did you have an initial reaction to this song, Shell by Vashti Bunyan? Um, yes, actually, <laughs> I did. Um, I first listened to this song when the album that it's on came out, and I think that was in 2014. I should probably have looked this up beforehand, but um, yeah, it was either 2014 or 2014. 15 and um I knew that it was going to be her last album because she'd already announced that she was retiring and that this album Heart Leap was going to be her final one and so I was just like listening to the songs and then I got to this one and my initial reaction was that it made me feel kind of guilty in a weird way because I felt it it felt pretty personal like she could be talking to me but I also felt kind of bad which might make sense once we get into the lyrics a bit more but yeah that that was my initial thought yeah so I first listened to this song when Fiona asked me if we could do this song well I I mean that's a weird way of putting it (laughs) how it actually happened was that I asked her like, what song do you want to do on our podcast episode? Um, and she suggested Shell by Bashti Bunyan. And so I listened to this song, and it's about four minutes long. So I was like, okay, it's a four-minute-long song. There's probably quite a few lyrics in it. Then I looked up the lyrics, and there's, like, four stands of, of lyrics. Yeah. So then I was like, a lot of her songs are like that. That's interesting. There aren't that many lyrics for how long the song is. Mm-hmm. So then I listened to it again because I wanted to make sure that the lyrics weren't wrong. And they're right. Um, yep. And that's kind of all I have as far as an initial reaction was that it was longer than the lyrics <laughs> played it out to be. So yeah. 
before we talk about the lyrics, can I just, like, rant about Vashti Bunyan herself for a bit? Because I think she's yeah, a very interesting person, and this might, I don't know, inspire some of our analysis. But, um, yeah, she was one of, like, the first music people who I first started actually listening to when I was sort of getting into listening to music when I was kind of in, like, fifth grade, sixth grade, because before then I wasn't really interested in listening to music, but then I started listening to her and a couple of other artists. So I have known about her for a pretty long time. Um, and yeah, I just, I think she's a very interesting person. She is kind of mysterious. She got kicked out of art school because she was spending too much time writing and playing music and not like actually working on the art she was supposed to be doing. And then a bunch of like really famous British musicians were writing songs for her and she did a bunch of singles and demos in the mid to late 1960s um and it seemed like maybe she was gonna become like a famous person in the British music world um but then she just left London for the Outer Hebrides in Scotland (laughs) um And she traveled with, like, one or two other people on just a bunch of animals, and they rode in this wagon all the way up to, like, the northernmost part of Scotland and just stayed there for a while, and then they went back to the city, and then she wrote and recorded an album about that experience that came out in the 70s, and then she didn't come out with any more music for almost 40 more years, and, um... Then her next album was, like, half of it is kind of, like, sweet songs about being a parent, but then the rest of it is just, like, really bitter songs about being a housewife, and it's kind of dark. Um, And then a few years later, uh, this album that Shell is on, her last one, came out, and it's a little more reflective and less bitter than the previous one but it's still very dark and there are some really creepy songs on it. I don't think this is one of them, but like there are some songs that are just weird and disturbing. Like there's one that has a music box at the end, which like music boxes are always creepy. So yeah, it's like a sort of an aura that they give. I think it's how they're so punky. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's what I have to say about Vashti Bunyan. <laughs> yeah, so now we all know about Vashti Bunyan. So the first two lines of this song are, in the telling of your story, there is so much that is lost. And I think the first thing we need to establish is who you are yeah. in this. Like, who is the narrator telling, mm-hmm. the, singing this song to? Yeah. Well, I think um, the narrator in this case is pretty safe to assume that it's Vashti herself because the vast majority of her songs are very personal and they're Mm -hmm. like her own story um so yeah so that's the narrator and then who she's talking to is uncertain throughout most of it you could just kind of tell that it's like a young person as becomes clear eventually probably like I don't know I kind of think of it as being um like a niece or nephew or um 
maybe a grandchild or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just someone who's like much younger than her and she can uh, talk to them with like this wisdom that she has and see things from a different perspective. I kind of wonder if maybe instead of like one, because in English you don't have like the singular you and mm. the plural you. Yeah, so it could be possible point. that it's a you that's more broad than one single mm. person. Yeah, that's true. I have not thought about that. Because it but does, that, the yeah. next part is there's an o, the next line after there's so much that's lost is there's an ocean in between, which is such like a, the ocean I think of is such a big thing. Yeah. That I feel like the you should also be sort of more yeah. broad and big, which, yeah. yeah. And then also that kind of introduces the, like, nautical metaphor, because the full first verse is, in the telling of your story, there is so much that's lost. There's an ocean in between the seen and unseen that's as deep as the loss was to you so young. I just see a shell. So Yeah, I think... The one thing that kept, like, popping out to me when I was rereading the lyrics um, before we sat down to podcast was the sort of double meaning of shell. Because mm-hmm. when you bring in the the theme of ocean, you sort of are thinking, like, oh, at the beach, like, a seashell. And so it's like, well, if we're looking at an ocean and then you look down at the beach, you might literally see a seashell and that might Mm -hmm. be all you see because you're just like oh look a shell and you Mm -hmm. kind of blur out the rest of the sand um but then also the more metaphorical idea of shell is like the person is like not a full person and yeah merely a shell of yeah what they were what they could be yeah that like she can only see um just part of them just their outside and there's all of this going on inside them that she doesn't see and she doesn't understand yeah I think that could be interesting if we look at this as a commentary of an older person looking back and talking to younger people Mm -hmm. as a whole um like in a young person an older person is just seeing a shell like um they feel sometimes I feel they see how people's lives aren't as fulfilling maybe as theirs were since technology has become so much a part of our lives mm-hmm. and they don't see how people get the same human connection with technology always like a barrier between people yeah and I think it's also interesting because that like there's that line this is deep as the loss was and that's definitely key here like what is the loss what is this young mm-hmm. person lost? And maybe it is like that connection, human connection. If she's like lamenting the new role of technology or something. And the seen and unseen is an interesting uh, line as well, because it sort of brings this idea that whatever it is that she's lamenting and everything is not just one thing, because it is both seen and unseen. Yeah. But then also she's stating that um the the loss seems more significant to this young person than it does to her because it's that's as deep as the loss was to you so young so like somehow Mm -hmm. this young person or like this group of young people's um age means that whatever has been lost 
like that seems more significant to them than it does to an older person. This is kind of a weird theory that I have that like just came to me. So if what you're saying is true and the loss was deeper to the young person, Mm -hmm. I feel like that could be because a young person wouldn't know the world before this loss happens. So it has just become the status quo and they don't know anything different. Mm -hmm. Whereas the older person can like look back and see how it once was and have hope that it can return to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And then I was thinking about how an ocean in between is like about like big distances and maybe it's not an ocean in between like um, the speaker and the subject and the speaker. Um, Then I started thinking, thinking about 9-11 because that was something that was like a turning point of the world I guess and then I was like oh ocean in between because there's a literal Atlantic Ocean Mm. and the Mediterranean Sea in between um, like the Middle East and New York City yeah and then I feel like that was a pretty big loss and like not only in like the loss, the literal loss of lives, but also in a way the loss of freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we give up our freedom of privacy every time we go to the airport now. Yeah. Which I learned from that one video in AP Gov. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I forgot his name. Uh, Peter something. Peter C. Peter Sagel. Sagel. Something like Sagel. Yeah, that dude on his motorcycle yeah the american flag on it said we the people anyway yeah flag fact <laughs> yes there we go <laughs> it's peter sagel's motorcycle um more to come later okay. <laughs> yeah so should we so we have a lot of theories on the first yeah. stanza and i feel like we need to get into yeah more and i have more of the thing yeah, yeah. and i also have some additional theories as well should i like yeah, go ahead. Just throwing those out. Okay, so definitely after I listened to the song a few times and read the lyrics a few times, the first thing that immediately came to me was that, like, well, so this, like, kid or teenager, young adult, like, um, somebody important to them, or maybe not even important to them, but, like, somebody died or, like, maybe a pet died or something, and they're really sad about it and, like, she is trying to tell them like everything's going to be fine and they're like resisting that but she's explaining that like it's gonna like it seems different to her because she's older and like death doesn't shock her as much maybe or something um and then my second theory doesn't really well okay I actually hmm I think my second theory might actually work for more of it than I thought, because I was also thinking about, like, conversations that I've had with one of my grandmothers, who is gay, and I am also queer, and so we, like, had some conversations about that, but we have kind of this, um, linguistic barrier between generations, like, the language that we use to describe certain things has changed, and so it's sort of it can be harder for us to, like, express the same things to each other. It's, like, she's 76 or 75 and I'm 17 and 
Um, yeah, but so yeah, some of the language in the song made me think of that and like I don't know. As far as I know, Vashti Bunyan is straight, but like I don't know. You could still go with <laughs> don't that assume anything. Theory. Number one um, rule on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have learned that yeah. from listening to past episodes. Um so yeah, you never know. It, it could be about that and we can maybe I don't know, talk about that a bit more. And then I also thought because like we are about to be seniors in high school in the fall, and um, so our lives are, like, extraordinarily consumed with researching and visiting colleges right now. Pretty much. Um, so. Except that I try to put it off as long as I can, <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I should do that. Yeah, so um, maybe this is, like, about a person who got rejected from their top choice for a college and Vashti is trying to tell them like it's not that big a deal everything's gonna be fine and they're like no this was my entire life you don't understand and she's like no you're gonna have a good life you don't need to get into your favorite college and yeah that that's an option (laughs) that also um lines up that last one you said it lines up with what you were talking about how she got um kicked out of oh yeah um got kicked out of art school art art school yeah. yeah So, like, she has that experience that even if you aren't at college, it can still turn out fine. Yeah, oh, and the next, the the first line of the next verse is, can't really get the picture. Like the art school. (laughs) She couldn't turn her pictures on time because she was too busy writing songs. I don't know. That's a stretch, but yeah. Then the line after that, can't get the picture, I've nothing to compare, can't say I understand, have, have no hand to lend. You had more than your fair share for one so young, but you do it all so well. Yep. So that, the line, I've nothing to compare, really, like, goes back to those, like, generational differences. Mm-hmm. Like, there hasn't been an equivalent to what this young person has going through in her yeah. life because times have changed and yeah or she hasn't had it didn't go through that as a young person with like yeah. crazy hormones and stuff <laughs> yeah well yeah and maybe that like sort of rules out the interpretation that it's about like death because death is eternal <laughs> it knows yeah. no barriers and time. nobody knows death yeah so yep but if she had also known somebody who died, which would be likely, I think death, like, even though it's different when each person dies, it's also in a way the same no matter what the circumstances, because yeah. it's still a loss and yeah. it's still rough and mm-hmm. everything. Especially, like, if you had, like, a relationship with that person. Yeah. But it's in each individual relationship is so different that you can't really know what uh, somebody's feeling like in their grief Mm because people process things differently yeah so I guess well going back to the idea of modern technology and social media if perhaps there was like something that happened to this person Mm. over social media like maybe they got bullied or something like cyber bullied um 
or like yeah I don't know something like that happened yeah something traumatic yeah and then like that would be something that Vashti would not understand because when she was young there wasn't yeah social media and cyberbullying um so like she isn't able to understand but I think the last three lines are also particularly interesting you've had more than your fair share for one so young but you do it all so well like that's kind of a a shift in there yeah I think think, yeah I think it's interesting that the first part is that is about having and sort of that possession but then the last line is talking about the same you doing it Mm -hmm. so either that's a we're talking to a broad you here and then the you is getting split into two different parts and not to make it an us versus them but um like the people who are like having like taking on that burden of like being bullied versus the people who are doing it and with the help Mm -hmm. of social media doing it so well yeah which um can take on a sarcastic tone depending on how it's read yeah I guess so. Yeah, what I thought of initially when I heard this, that, like, this was the part that kind of made me feel weird because I started thinking about, like, how incredibly privileged I am as, like, an American in the modern day to be growing Mm -hmm. up right now and um, that, like, and how much we consume in this country Mm -hmm. and, like, our carbon footprint and stuff, but then, like, but you do it all so well, like, I'm, you know... People generally Americans are good as at consuming. Yeah, or that like even just kind of shifting the focus that like people will like you know these kids who are maybe they have more than they need but like they're very smart and get good grades and they like do a bunch of activities and they're Mm -hmm. talented and and like everyone tells us like we're gonna have this you know bright future because we're so good at everything yeah even though we've Mm -hmm. taken more than we should have yeah that internal struggle that comes up so often yeah (laughs) it's like um the one video we watched in ethics class that was very cheesy not (laughs) sure if i recommend it but it had like one line that stuck with me and it was that like people in rich countries have this Mm -hmm. mental struggle where we think, oh, you know, I need to find a purpose in life. Mm. Whereas people in poorer countries, they already sort of know their purpose. They don't have to find any other purpose other than surviving. And that, like, in a way, is a burden in itself that we have put on ourselves. Yeah, that's true. All right. um, Yeah, should we just, like, I don't know, analyze these, like, Verse by verse with like diff- all the different interpretations. Sure. There's so much. And maybe we can um, mix the different verses together and like yeah. make a coherent story by the end. Yeah. Because I think like this could also work with the idea of um, an older person from the LGBT plus community talking to. A younger person not maybe not so much the first part like the I have nothing to compare can't say I understand but um then 
the rest of it that like things are so much better now than they used to be and like the um like there's a lot more quality and, and such but um we're also I don't know we're getting better at being like more comfortable with ourselves and people are coming out earlier now than they used to and so like we might seem more confident than in the past yeah and all that also that whole taking it for granted guilt trip that it yeah. puts in there <laughs> yeah more thoughts okay. on that one or i don't think so i think we can move on to the next okay it says i fold things just like my mother into two then into three I don't know why I do, but then I think of you and what it takes to be free from all you've learned, but you know it all too well. Yeah, this is also interesting. Yeah, the end again, especially. But The part that struck me when I was rereading these again um, is like probably kind of weird, but it's like just where my brain went. I went to the line into two and then into three. And I was thinking about how usually if you fold something, like you'll fold it in half and then you'll fold it again. And that's folding yeah. it into quarters, not into thirds. Yeah. Um, and so I thought of like that difference of folding things into thirds and how like that's more difficult. Um, yeah. And it's like you're taking this diff- more difficult path for mm-hmm. some reason. And also your mother or the, not your, <laughs> it's the song, but the. The narrator of the song mm-hmm. is doing it something, is doing it that way. Yeah, she, and I don't know if it's super relevant to this song, but she has another song on this album that's just called Mother, and it's all about her mom and how, like, her mom would sometimes sing and dance, and then, like, she would watch her and just love it, but then, like, it was only when she was older, that she realized that her mother was doing this when she felt, like, her only moments of freedom, Mm -hmm. um, and, like, after Vashti herself had the experience of being a housewife and feeling trapped in her life, um, and, like, then she was able to understand that, like, her mother was just expressing her freedom, so, yeah, so there, she, so she talks about her mom, (laughs) yeah rather often um yeah i think it's then the next few lines i don't know why i do but then i think of you and what it takes to be free like this folding things into thirds instead of the easy way out folding it into halves and quarters is like a something that is trapped like generations and generations of people and she doesn't know why she's trapped she yeah. just kind of is, and then she thinks of these younger people, and they know maybe what it takes to be free. Yeah, but it's also what it takes to be free from all you've learned. And I think um the way that she sings this, too, is that there's kind of a pause between those two lines. So it is, but then I think of you and what it takes to be free. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's what it takes to be free from all you've learned. So, like, it is just about freedom, but at the same time, it's also, like, somehow what young people nowadays are learning is, like, trapping them and they need to free themselves from yeah. it. And maybe that ties to the the college rejection interpretation. <laughs> and I think, I mean, it could also tie in if you think that um, all you've learned is more, like, her reflecting on 
like myself, all that I've learned is like how to fold things into thirds. Mm-hmm. And I keep folding things into thirds, but I don't know how to be free of what I've learned to do this. Yeah. But then they know this all too well. And they've sort of learned how to maybe fold things differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, folding stuff is a big metaphor for everything. Or not everything, but, like, a much broader thing than just, like, folding laundry or folding paper or whatever. Yeah. And then again, but you know it all too well. So it's like the end of the last verse, kind of, with but you do it all so well. So, um, yeah, I I think this, this is just a bit of a commentary on the education system and how it, like... Kind of drills it into your head that like you have to you just have to learn all of these facts and like learn that the world is a certain way and like I think standard compulsory education is a great thing but like it can definitely be misused so I don't know maybe she thinks that like this young person isn't creative enough mm-hmm. because they just follow along with what they've learned and like they know it too well to get rid of it but maybe also they're trying at the same time because like they're trying to free themselves and not drop the microphone (laughs) okay okay hopefully that came out um (laughs) yeah or also if i'm going to drag it back to this uh generational language barrier thing um that like if she's folding things just like her mother maybe that's a metaphor for like the way that she thinks especially because the rest of this is about like learning and knowledge Mm -hmm. so like maybe she's saying that um the way that she thinks and her worldview resembles that of the previous generation that came before her but um like this young person now has different ideas and they've um yeah the ideas of each generation are now changing and um so maybe this person like the young person is i don't know freeing themselves from like the homophobia that still exists around them or something but like they still have some of it like it's still internalized mm-hmm. and like that's what's harming them you can add in racism there as mm-hmm. well as homophobia yeah that's awesome. like um i mean the song from the musical avenue q about everyone's a little bit racist like because it's so institutionalized yeah people just think like that yeah just like pretty much every kind of discrimination that's been yeah. around for a long time is is yeah. like that yeah um sexism yeah racism, xenophobia homophobia stuff anyway um yeah so anything more to say about this or well we have another stanza yeah so the final stanza is in the telling of your story you say there's so much more then you curl away from me to some deeper sea and i'm here on the foreshore till your return i just see a shell that's it's kind of weird it's like when you say there's so much more it's like when people say oh it's a long story yeah and then they'll give you like a two sentence summary but you know that they're hiding something yeah or i just i kind of imagine like someone saying to her like you don't understand like i can't possibly explain all of this to you like you won't get Mm -hmm. it 
Yeah. There's more, but I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. Or there's something that even though, like, in general, we're trying to combat our, like, the, or, like, this person seems, the narrator seems like a very caring person. Yeah. From the lyrics. And they yeah. seem like they're very compassionate toward the you that they're talking about. Assuming this is, like, one you. Yeah. And there's a personal relationship there. Yeah. But... Um, I feel like sometimes with what we're talking about, about, like, these institutionalized hatreds. Okay, and now we're back. I yeah. don't really know where we were. I just walked in. So, but, um, yeah, we were talking about, well, you were saying something about, like. Oh, yeah, I was talking about institutionalized oh, yeah, hatred. institutionalized hatred. Yum. Uh, yeah, so that institutionalized hatred, I think a lot of young people will sort of, like, even if they know the person they're talking to and they're older, you sort of sometimes get a hint that, like, they grew up in a different time where mm-hmm. the institutionalized hatred was not being combated so heavily. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, I mean, even my grandma, who's, like, very liberal, like, grew up in Portland, mm-hmm. like, you know, pretty liberal and everything, fights Trump on the daily. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, She'll sometimes say some things, and I'm like, hmm, okay, so that's that's what you think. Okay, I'm not going to bring up that subject <laughs> with you. Like, Yeah. And I know that's, like, a generational thing, and mm-hmm. then, you know, she's 80, so it's, like, it's not worth the battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not because, like, I'm going to try to off my grandma or anything, <laughs> but, like, um, just, like, in general, like, once you've had a mindset for so long, you know, it's that whole can't teach it old dog new mm, tricks yeah. type thing. And, like, as yeah. long as it's not, like... Like, actively harming somebody. Yeah, actively somebody. harming yeah. somebody or, like, yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, I think, yeah, like, this last stanza just wraps up everything that's been in the rest of the song. It returns to the beginning with... um the lines, the telling of your story, and I just see a shell. Um, and, yeah, this is definitely, like, the um, the person she's talking to is also avoiding her in some way, that, like, maybe, maybe Vashti can't understand this person, but also maybe this person isn't trying hard enough. Like, maybe yeah. they are also not willing to make themselves understood or to try to understand the, this older person. And um, also she's implying that um, the terms of their conversations are set by this young person because she says she's here on the foreshore till your return, that like she just has to wait mm-hmm. until this person like mentally comes back. Yeah. Um, I think, I think I wrote an essay sort of about something like this. Because <laughs> if you take AP English, you write an essay about, about literally everything. everything. <laughs> yes. Like, I literally wrote an essay about flags. Like, I could have flag <laughs> news about an essay from AP English. Yeah. But, um... Oh, my God. I, I don't remember <laughs> any of my practice essays. They're such a blur. It was this essay about um, an article about that this kid wrote and he was in a business meeting and he took out his phone to take notes and I was talking about how (laughs) with technology we have to really like meet 
halfway like yeah, older generations yeah, have to understand right. that younger generations do things differently than they might do it and it might seem weird to them but to younger people that's what's normal whereas younger generations need to remember that people who are older than than them did not grow up the same way they did and will they'll need to like help their older um like colleagues or relatives or whatever sort of come to terms with the new way the world is like in a way yeah yeah so can i propose a union of two of our yeah <laughs> um emerging interpretations mm-hmm. so one could interpret this as being about um that like Vashti is an older person most likely belonging to the lgbt plus community um which incidentally is an accurate or an initialism <laughs> that my grandmother really dislikes. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so Vashi is a person from this community talking to a younger person from the community who is like more confident in their identity than she was when she was mm-hmm. younger, but they're still being cyberbullied for it. <laughs> There's yeah. my theory. I think, I think you could also. Like, not to discredit your theory of how of Bashi being LGBT, but it could be in general somebody from a generally yeah definitely. undervalued community mm-hmm. or like community that's sort of on the margin. Yeah, talking to somebody who is also in that community. And yeah, like et cetera, she, et cetera. Yeah. She could just be talking to like a granddaughter like a niece or something or another interpretation is that she's not part of one of those communities yeah. but the person she's talking to is and she's really trying to understand where yeah. they're coming from but they aren't really willing to open themselves up yeah and so then she doesn't really have that pathway since they haven't opened it up and i yeah. think that goes back to like i have nothing to compare mm-hmm. like you can't yeah can't say i understand cuz what you're going through is yeah. so much different than what I'm going mm-hmm. through. Yeah. I'm definitely glad that you introduced the, the social media <laughs> interpretation into it because I think, like, yeah, the idea of that and, like, the presence mm-hmm. of social media and that being all, like, all this person's known and the possibility for cyberbullying. Definitely. Yeah. Generational differences. Something that has oh, yeah. come up weirdly <laughs> often in this podcast, like, first episode, that <laughs> yes. episode, that was all about generational yes. differences, and we had a whole conversation about generations in general in the third yeah. episode. Yeah. What? Who knows? It's another person from an older generation who identifies as female talking, <laughs> talking to someone, <laughs> talking to the youths. Shell. Basically all-star, but different. (laughs) (laughs) Just, like, less energetic. Yeah. um, More variation. A sad all-star. Yes, a sad (laughs) (laughs) all-star. Except also with less baseball and rock stars. Yeah. Not more. I feel like this one's a little bit less hopeful. Yeah. Hence the sad (laughs) part. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Um... Well, I don't know if I have much Looks like we did it. Yeah. Another long episode. 
I mean, not as, not as long as your first three, We, we still it's haven't gone through knitting, knitting news or flag facts. That's true, although I have no flag facts, so that... <laughs> I have plenty of flag facts. I always have flag facts. Mm-hmm. They just, like, pop into my head sometimes. Um, as far as knitting, I really don't have much. Um, the only, like, new thing is that I finished the hat that I was knitting at graduations, and then I just threw it at my sister. <laughs> and, like, maybe she's going to wear it, but probably not. Um, I've done that with a number of things I've knitted, I think. Just, like, threw them at her. And then I started making a very, very long scarf. And nice. that's all I'm going to say about it, because I, I do this thing where I knit things for people at gifts, <laughs> as gifts, and then I have to, like, talk about them on a public podcast (laughs) and like most of my friends are people who listen to this podcast so like I can't really talk about them too much more than to say that I'm making a very long scarf and the whole point of that scarf is for it to be long do you want to make up a flag fact um I don't know but I can add to your knitting news because um the podcast symbol that you knitted me is now on my wall um Claire knitted me a podcast symbol as a Christmas gift this past year and um it's on my wall it is very nice it's brown with like the white microphone and like sound waves coming off it and um it was disappointingly not purple enough my yarn kind of failed me (laughs) yeah I have better purple yarn now which is Maybe I'll knit another one at some point. Um, yeah, flag. Do you have, like, a favorite flag? Mm. Feels particularly drawn to a flag? Yeah, well, I used to be a lot more into flags and geography and stuff when I was younger. Like, the summer between 6th grade and 7th grade, I memorized the names and locations of every single country in the world and their capital cities. Um, and then I tried to start memorizing all the flags, but that was a lot harder because I'm not a visual person, <laughs> but, um, yeah. Yeah, I feel like flag of Somalia, it's kind of nice, it's just, like, blue with a white star on it. Cool. I feel like, in general, it's harder to memorize flags because you can't just, like, say it to yourself over and over again. Yeah. You have to, like, have some sort of visual aid. Mm-hmm. Or at least I feel like I would have to do that if I were memorizing flags, because otherwise I'd be like, oh, Canada, it has red stripes, and in the the middle it's white, and it has a red maple leaf. Yeah. Um, It was Canada Day a few days ago on the 1st of July. It sure was. Lots of Canadian flags that day. Mm -hmm. And then a couple of days ago was the 4th of July, and so then we saw a lot of American flags. Indeed. Oh, I do have a flag fact. Um, Chad and Romania have basically the same flag. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's been brought up on this yeah. podcast yet. And also... Oh, um, I did mention the Chadian flag. Hmm. Anyway, and, um, the flag of Ireland is an upside-down, well, like, a reversed version of the flag of Côte d'Ivoire. Like, the Irish flag has a green stripe, a white stripe, and an orange stripe, and the Cote d'Ivoire flag has an orange stripe, a white stripe, and a green stripe. And let's not even get into all the ones that have red, white, and blue. 
That's a lot of flags. Like, there's so many, and there's the ones that are vertical, and then there's the ones that are horizontal. Yeah. And I just can't keep them straight other than the French one. Yeah. And that's probably mostly because I study France. <laughs> or, I, I'm in French, so, like, the language course, and so I end yeah. up studying France. And because our country is so Western Europe, or our world is so Western Europe, Europe-centric, and, like, specifically yeah. the United States as well, but... Yeah. Russia's flag kind of bothers me because the white stripe is on the bottom, so when it's on a white background, it just disappears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, also, I think the flag of Poland is an upside-down version of the flag of Indonesia. Apparently, I do have a lot of flag facts, and it's just all about, like, which yeah. ones are upside-down. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we host our podcasts on SoundCloud, if you didn't know. Um, you should go check it out on SoundCloud, because if you're listening to this, you haven't already heard about our podcast. But uh, <laughs> they have a part, if you go on their website and you you host, um, you use them to host, like, whatever your music or your podcast, um, they have a part where you can see the countries that have listened to your podcast. Oh, that's exciting. And they have a little spot where they have the country's flag, of course. Um, and so the flag of Nepal is pretty weird. It has, like, the two triangles instead of a rectangle flag. And yeah. in in the SoundCloud, in SoundCloud, they just have, like, this sort of flag icon that's supposed to be, like, clear and you aren't supposed to see it. But with the flag of Nepal, you can see the white. It looks like the flag is on, like, a white rectangular flag, which just makes it look kind of dumb. Because that's not how the flag of Nepal actually looks. Yeah. But, it's uh, cool. yeah, I think we did a decent amount of flag yeah. facts. I like how flag facts without Elliot here are mostly just people, like whoever's on the podcast at any given time, just spewing random facts about flags. Yeah. It's not put together at all. Yeah, I have another one too that I just thought of because you brought up Nepal, which isn't, I guess it's sort of in Central Asia, but like a lot of the Central Asian countries have flags that have like sort of these they have like these borders on them that look kind of woven and they're really cool it's like i think uzbekistan has one like that maybe kazakhstan yeah the same yeah also all of the stands except for afghanistan and pakistan are in an alphabetical spiral going outward well that's cool yeah it's not a flag fact but it's a cool geography fact also kyrgyzstan is the only country that has two y's in its name Nice to know. <laughs> Probably a fact I didn't really need to know, but that's okay. So, today we got lost in the lyrics of Shell and learned about how it's. Well, we learned that it's somehow about the lack of communication and the difficulty of communication between yeah. uh, generations, and it's like All Star. Yeah, and we, yeah, we discovered that it strongly resembles All Star. And that older people don't understand cyberbullying, I guess. <laughs> yes. Uh, thank you to Vashi Bunyan for writing it and to Vashi Bunyan for singing and performing it. This podcast was edited and produced by Claire and Elliot. The opening and closing music is by Elliot, and I am usually the one who you interact with on social media. If you have any questions for Claire or Elliot, or would like to suggest a song for them to analyze in the future, you can find them on Twitter at LIPLpod or by email at lostinthelyrics.pod at gmail.com. 
Thank you to all of our listeners for your support and enthusiasm. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the pod and that you join us next time to get lost in the lyrics. Have a dandy day!